Welcome. I'm Bishop Tom Daly, the seventh bishop of the Diocese of Spokane in eastern Washington, and joining me on the Bishop and Vickers Show is Father Pat Kirst, Vicar for Priests, Pastor of St. Mary in Spokane Valley, Father Brian Mee, Vicar for Finance. Father Mee is the pastor of St. Peter's, number two, and number three, Father Darren Connell. Why am I three? Uh, the Trinity. Okay. Father Connell is currently the rector of Our Lady of Lords Cathedral and vicar general of the Diocese of Spokane. Currently. Currently. Currently, too. Okay. It's still Lent, it so uh, let's see if we can have acts of charity and how we treat one another. We're going to speak about um, Holy Week, the events of Holy Week, its significance in our faith, and certainly how we as pastors of God's people here in our local church uh, are able to lead people in prayer and encourage so many of the faithful to enter into the events of the Triduum as well as we prepare in our, preparing ourselves for Easter. Father Me, with your experience um, as um, a former professor in the seminary <coughs> and, oh, yes, um, yes. Yes, and graduate of Mata Clary, um, or Regina Clare, I keep Did they have a fight song? Modern Clare, yes. They I don't know song. if I've ever sung this. I think you it. have, and the, we, the last time you did that, yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, can't do okay. That. So um, what's going on at uh, St. Peter's Parish? For Holy Week. For Holy Week, yes. Not Christmas, Holy Week. Well, unlike uh, elsewhere, I suppose, we have a full docket of events going on. But, you know, um, of course, the Easter Triduum that we have in every parish begins with the Holy Thursday mass and uh i was thinking you know i wonder how well people know just the different little rites that take place you know the for for the easter uh triduum we have different things happening that doesn't happen at other times and i was thinking that i was actually uh i had the children's mass mm-hmm. up at saint peter's day for the all saints k through four and um, they were asking me about the washing of the feet that takes place on Holy Thursday. And, of course, they, being well-educated at All Saints, realized that the washing of the feet was originally a part of the baptismal ceremony uh, in the first century in all the churches except Rome, and that's why it kind of fell out of favor. Uh, and after they spoke about that a little bit, they mentioned, they said, but, Father, you'll remember at the 17th Council of Lyon, and they didn't talk too much about the other 16 councils, they'll say, you'll remember that the church in Spain began and reintroduced... These are fourth graders. Well, this was the kindergartners. <laughs> oh, great. You, your kids are gifted. <laughs> They're brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. kids. Much like the principal. But, yes. you know, and they went on They went on through the whole history, but we only actually have, you know, under the uh, Tridentine Mass... Actually, it was the washing of the feet took place at the end of the Holy Thursday Mass, and it was only in the reform of 1955 before mm. I wasn't born two. then, <coughs> and neither were the other two vicars. I, I had was. my feet washed in 1955. Did you? Yes. Good. And that's when it was moved to where it is today after the gospel and the homily. Mm. Um, is it true there was a point in history where the washing of the feet was being considered as a sacrament of the church? Well, it was part of the baptismal rite in the very early church, so I suppose mm. in that way you could. Well, and it certainly fits the traditional definition. Definitely. Outward sign well, instituted by 
Christ. Christ. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that would be there great. You go. To give grace. Well, and especially especially when you think of uh, the serpent in the garden in Genesis. You know, uh, that the whole serpent idea is a snake. A snake <laughs> biting, nipping at the heel. Nipper. And that's why, you know, the washing of the feet. So the serpent that strikes the heel, that's how sin entered. Then it was a washing of the feet mm. that was a symbol of being washed of that sin. From the snake bite. <laughs> that was the serpent who was the devil. Hmm. You'll have to read Genesis. Yeah, but now it, no takes wonder, on, it takes on that, that servanthood symbolism now in terms of as I've washed your feet you're to wash one another's feet exactly the mandatum the mandatum I was going to say that but I don't know what that is well that's a command to go out as I have done or it's a mandate for theological professors in the universities in the United States to teach what the church teaches but that's for another which is why Father B is a former professor (laughs) that's right you know one one of the things I've noticed at St. Peter's when we do have the washing of the feet Mm -hmm. when we have to wash all 12 feet uh, I'm sure this wouldn't be true, perhaps, at St. Mary's or the cathedral, but the people who have their feet washed at St. Peter's, well, they always come with clean feet. You mm. know, they've even had probably a pedicure before coming. But if you imagine, you know, the washing of the feet in Jesus' day, that was something done by a slave. I mean, it was very... And when you imagine, imagine the feet that the apostles must have had. I mean, they were dirty. And, and again, this was grade school kids were telling me today that they were muddy, they were dirty, they were dusty, they had cuts in them, the cuts were infected, oozing out of those oh, cuts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and we're Christ just washed lunch. it all. Hmm. But now imagine that, and how is Christ when we see him on the crucifix, on the cross? I mean, he has become that. He has humbled himself to take on all the muck and the mud and the cuts. So, I mean, that uh, washing of the feet, I think, is a beautiful ceremony i don't know if all parishes do it anymore but we, we will do that to cathedral it. father connell correct we will, will just, your just as we did last have year dirty <laughs> cut infected feet uh we can work on that all yeah right. good we good. can work on that you won't be washing the feet in that case I well, the, the, his excellency is the yeah. okay seventh bishop. <laughs> seventh bishop of spokane i'll be sitting watching him do it mm-hmm. well we gave short shrift to a lot of holy week as we jumped all the way ahead to the triduum but we start the holy week with palm sunday well, also we, tell us what's going on Sunday. at St. Mary's. Well, we plan on getting some palms this year, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a new thing. Wow. But at the principal mass in the parish, there is a procession with the palms as we uh, begin weather permitting outdoors and have a proclamation of the gospel mm. declaring the entrance of Jesus into the holy city, Jerusalem, and then process in song, carrying our palms and into the church, and, and then somehow try to coordinate the singing outside with the singing of the choir inside, which Never is always works. an interesting little dynamic. Never okay. works. Do you, has anyone in uh, Our Lady of Angels in Burlingame, in Goa, the Grand Ole Archdiocese, the pastor, uh, Mike Mahani, that's Mahoney to you, uh, Brian, um, he's a Capuchin. Every year he rides a donkey, um, a small burrow for you. Burrow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, in the aisle at Our Lady of Angels, and it's a very uh, dramatic uh, representation of Palm Sunday. Um, I don't think anything like that is that dramatic at St. Mary. Uh, no, no, no. And the steps are too steep here too at, steep the at the cathedral. Yeah. Cathedral, Brian, do your the children we're are all look, saints? We're looking for a donkey. Are we're you looking for a donkey? Uh, I know one around. of them right here on the table. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but why? Why a donkey? Why was a donkey ridden into Jerusalem? You tell us. Because a horse was a... Uh, uh, With the Romans. 
was an animal for warfare. A yes. donkey was something of peace that the king rode. And farming. The, pardon me? The farming. Agrarian communities. Community, yes. I've, uh, yes. That was an agrarian community. <laughs> well, yes, it was. Yeah. Did you yeah. study there ever in, in, in the Holy Land? <laughs> No, I did not. Uh, Pat, I did. I did. Pat lived semester. there for six years. Tantur. Six months. Well, six months. Six months. Yeah. It's not in like Tantur, no. Oh. In, in Capernaum? Ein Karim. Ein Karim. Ein Karim. Just outside of Jerusalem. Were you with some the... terrorist group there? Pardon me? Were you studying with the terrorist group? Uh, no, I was not. <laughs> there was more peaceful. Would... I, I was with the Benedictine group, however. Oh, wow. Well, from, from St. John's in Minnesota? From St. John's in Minnesota. Well, they're liturgists. Collegeville. They are liturgists. Cutting edge. Spent several months there. And had a wonderful time and actually was there for Holy Week. So got to hmm. celebrate all of these uh, liturgies in the Holy City itself, except the ones where the uh, became Sabbath there and the buses weren't running, so we couldn't go anywhere because we lived outside of town and had no transportation but the bus. And, uh, have you been to the Holy Land, Father Connell? I have been at the Holy Land um, once in the in the Jubilee year 2000 hmm. um, and got to see many of the sites that we celebrate over um the uh, sacred triduum. I want to back up, if I might. You were talking about Holy Week, but I think we have about a minute. So oh, it's time uh, for a commercial. Oh, I, I, well, we get back. I want to better. hear about uh, that and also uh, what goes on at the cathedral uh, as we prepare. Well, let's make little... this. A, let's make this a quick break because what I have to say is going to involve praising you, and I know how much you like that. Well, that's going to be it's it's <laughs> the rating sweep here in Eastern Washington. A holy angel at my side, go to church for me. Kneel in my place at Holy Mass, where I desire to be. At offertory in my stead, take all that I am and own, and place it as a sacrifice upon the altar throne. At Holy Consecration's bell, adore with Sarah's love, my Jesus hidden in the host, come down from heaven above. And when the priest communion takes, O bring my Lord to me, that his sweet heart may rest on mine and I his temple be. Amen. Oh, you were going to talk to us about uh, something Holy Week. Uh, well, actually, right before Holy Week. So um, uh, I'm 25 years ordained a priest this year in May. And for uh, the vast majority of that time, we celebrated the Chrism Mass in this diocese on the morning of Holy Thursday. So uh, for our listeners who are unfamiliar with that Mass, uh, the Chrism Mass is the one time of the year that the priests come together uh, with our bishop. And he blesses, the bishop blesses three different oils, the oil of Chrism, uh, which is where the Mass uh, finds its name. The oil of chrism is used, it's a perfumed oil used in baptism. So if you've had your, been to a baptism lately, you probably uh, smelled that perfume on the head of the child who's baptized. So uh, also used at uh, the Sacrament of Confirmation and uh, also in the, or the ordination ritual when a priest's hands are um, rubbed with the sacred chrism. The or poured over the head of a bishop. Or poured over the head of a bishop. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. But uh, that One of us at the table. One of us at the table. <laughs> that was uh, enough. That was plenty. Yes. <laughs> um, the other oil would be the oil of the infirm, uh, the oil of the sick. And uh, I actually, um, if I could talk, take a moment to talk about myself, uh, I... You I, forgot I, one of the oils. I'm not done. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to compliment the bishop. I'm so. getting to that. <laughs> okay. It's called a build-up. There's, there's going to be another commercial before it's, we get it's, to that. It's called a build-up. It's a rating suite. All right. Okay. Um, so... Uh, I last was anointed by Bishop Daly when I was uh, uh, recovering from cancer and going into surgery, and uh, I'm alive today, so it's a testimony to the power of, of, this, of that particular sacrament of healing. And Bishop will bless that uh, oil on Holy Thursday, and the priests will take, it, take those oils throughout the diocese for 
the, the anointing um, of the sacrament of the sick. And then finally, the third oil is the oil of catechumens, uh, which is used in the baptismal ritual. Uh, you uh, rub the oil, <coughs> for example, over the, uh, on, the, on the chest of, a, of an infant who's uh, preparing to be baptized, uh, symbolic, I think, and you're the liturgist, uh, Father Me. You correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, I will. I'm I will. sure you will. <laughs> no. That it, the practice comes from um, an ancient practice of, of, of athletes in the arena would rub themselves with oil and be able to slip away from one another as they are engaged in a, a robust combat. Uh, and so, therefore, the <laughs> wrestling the ch- the church adopted that as a as a sign that we want our children to, to be able to slip away from the grasp and the power of Satan. So that mass, uh, for most of my time as a priest, was always held in the morning of Holy Thursday. Um, Bishop uh, Daly made a radical change from the past and uh, break from tradition, which turned out to be really brilliant in, in, on many levels. Um, it was your idea, wasn't it? It was my idea. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, I um, took it from the Grendel Archdiocese. Okay, but you're not there anymore. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, let's stay in eastern Washington. Um, so uh, Bishop decided that uh, we moved the, the Chrism Mass to the week before, uh, and on the Tuesday of the week before. And uh, in addition to just the Mass, the priests gather uh, for the in the afternoon for a day of, of recollection, a day of prayer. Uh, last year, Archbishop Sarton, uh, the Archbishop of Seattle, led our day of prayer. And this year, uh, Bishop Barber from uh, Oakland will be leading our day of prayer. And uh, it's an opportunity for us to come together to, to pray as priests. And there are confessors available. And it's it's quite a sight to see at the cathedral, you know, this big long line of, of men in black on either side of the nave waiting to get into the, uh, the confessional to celebrate the sacrament of penance as we prepare for um, for Easter. Uh, the... The, after the Mass, or during the Mass, uh, the people uh, have an opportunity to affirm their priests as we uh, renew our promises, our priestly promises. Afterward, there's a, a little social for priests and an opportunity to have a meal together. So it's a really great time. I think it was a, a, a great change. I'm not one big on breaking with tradition, but this one, Bishop, wow, you hit it out of the park. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners should that know. Was, you know, they, part they, of that was very good, and other parts of it, I think, were um, inaccurate. Yeah, it's well, also that no, I'm. Oh, it's accurate. It's less fake news. Accurate. No, well, this this uh, the radio show, as you know, uh, is a new format, and um, the producer of the show asks me to evaluate after each uh, taping whether or not one of the vicars might be dropped. <laughs> so, uh, as you can see, the um, the topics are changing a bit. I think the chrismas, in all seriousness, uh, I remember as a priest. I will be ordained uh, thirty years a priest uh, this year, and six as a bishop. And uh, but from a time of a young priest uh, and as a seminarian, we invite the seminarians, all the seminarians at Bishop White, those from the Diocese of Spokane, the Archdiocese of Seattle and the Diocese of Boise. It's very important that the seminarians be present at that mass, that they serve the mass and that they join the priests uh, for the meal to follow. As I remember, as a seminarian meeting other priests from throughout uh, the Archdiocese, and uh, it is a very important time for us to commit ourselves to Christ, recommit ourselves to Christ uh, as shepherds of his people. And the uh, prayers of the Holy Week, uh, beginning with Palm Sunday, as we heard in the events leading up to uh, the Triduum, are uh, profoundly uh, mysterious in many ways, but they're also meant uh, the definition of sacrament might be a little bit different but it's what uh, when i taught freshmen is a tangible encounter with the risen christ 
Um, not as the traditional understanding of it, but nonetheless uh, doctrinally sound. Mm. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, by the way, could we move on that from that? No, yeah. well, uh, I want to be the devil's advocate for. Okay. Well, that's not good at that. Sure. You're good at that. I would agree with Father Connell. Uh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, uh, on his definition. Armageddon. Did you get that on tape? Yes. Here we go. You know, I mean. The there, sign of the there, apocalypse, like that section in wow. Sports Illustrated magazine. There needs to be a kind of practical consideration, especially for the chrism mass. If all the priests are going to be there, they're coming from large, long distances and all. But theologically, I think we do lose something. And I think even Father Connell, if he thinks through this, will admit this, that there's something lost uh, in that whole theology of priesthood when the chrism mass as he mentioned is usually on holy thursday morning so uh, it's much more closely related to the mass of the holy thursday uh which is also of course uh, a celebration the first eucharist so and the institution of the priesthood and, itself and the institution of the priesthood itself so i even though i and there needs to be you know for practical purposes, things need to be changed. But I don't think, uh, I think what can happen in that, uh, over time, the chrism mass can be just kind of out there. And this year, I believe we have it, what, two weeks before, or a week before Holy Week or something. No, it's just oh, the Tuesday. Oh, a week before Holy Week. Yes. The week before Holy Week. So, I mean, it gets further and further removed from uh, the real... Uh, uh, the reality. Of well, the priest says, we talked oh, about I, it I, being I, Tuesday of Holy Week, and yet many of the priests have said that that's still an opportunity when they were having penance services of the parishes. So you don't think the bishop had hit it out on the park? No, this I, one? I think he might have gotten, you know, a single, a double maybe. Um, <laughs> maybe he got to third on an error. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, do you think we could do this show with just one, one of the vicars, well. bishop and the vicar? The bishop and I, the vicar. I would be, if we're voting on this, I would say the two. No, you're being dropped the from twos. the island. You're being <laughs> dropped from the island. Uh, Thank God. Yes. Uh, Moving back ahead yes. to the triduum. Yes. Well, I was just going to talk a little bit about the uh, inherent attractiveness of the liturgy of the triduum to people. How mm-hmm. well attended these are. They're not holy days of obligation. Um, they're oftentimes, uh, close your ears, Bishop, we don't do a collection uh, on those days, at least on Good Friday. Holy Thursday, we do a collection for charity, but, um, and yet... Most most of the church in the United States takes up a collection on Friday for the Holy Land. I just received a desperate plea from the Franciscan Fathers on that, but we can talk about that for another episode. Well, we Obedience in the clergy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're down to no vicars. <laughs> no, no, it's going to be a lonely <laughs> show next time. That's oh, all right. I love but, it. But really, just talk to himself. The Holy Thursday liturgy, Mass of the Lord's Supper, Good Friday celebration of the Lord's Passion. Well, let's talk Church about Pat. Good Friday a little bit. Yeah. We Go have, ahead. Why haven't, Bishop, why haven't you said anything about Good Friday? Because I have been able to get a word in edgewise <laughs> with, uh, with some of you. Um, but we will. Let's let get uh, Father Curse. What are you besides on Good Friday? What how's that handled in uh, St. Mary Parish? One of the wonderful things we do is we have a relationship in the Spokane Valley between the Catholic Church and the local Episcopalian and the local Lutheran churches, and we do a Stations of the Cross together. <laughs> you don't want to see what's going on around the table. Uh, a stations of the Cross together that our eighth graders put on Living Stations of the Cross, and then have a simple soup lunch together. Uh, in the evening, we come back together again in the Catholic Church uh, and do the celebration of the Lord's Passion, reading for the second time in Holy Week, the Lord's Passion, this time from the Gospel according to John. 
and then veneration of the cross, which is a very powerful experience uh, liturgically for the people who attend. And, and uh, as music is being played, uh, everybody comes forward to venerate in their own way the, the cross with a, a kiss or a bow or a genuflection and recalling how the, the death of Christ on the cross has brought uh, salvation to the world. So hmm. it's it's wildly popular. And uh, it's not because the preaching's great, because close your ears, Bishop. I usually only preach for like 30 seconds on Good Friday. But uh, well, we when we get back uh, from this break, we like to talk a little bit more about Good Friday, some of the traditions that uh, we grew up with, uh, some that continue on, uh, both the Mother Church, the Cathedral. Sure, I'd be happy to speak on that. And, uh, and then probably what goes on at St. Peter's. I know that you have typically, Father me, have played Caiaphas, the high priest, but um, <laughs> we'll wait till we get back. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. We come back now. We're speaking on Good Friday, and Father Kirst uh, was talking about uh, St. Mary, but in his previous assignments, um, a little bit about the uh, the prayers. It, uh, right. The intentions. As people who attend the liturgy on Good Friday recognize there's a very extended praying of the general intercessions, which it covers soup to nuts in terms of praying for uh, Christian people and praying for non-Christian people, people from all world religions, for the, the Jewish people, those two uh, first be brought into covenant with God. And so it's a very powerful expression of our belief that Jesus Christ has come to be Savior of the whole world and praying for uh, the presence of the Lord to really impact people's lives, even those who don't acknowledge the Lord. And so uh, I find that always a very profound moment within that Good Friday celebration. And, and uh, it's something we don't do throughout the year in, in that extended way. And so I think it's one of those very precious parts of the Triduum Liturgy. In um, some parts of the country on Good Friday, the businesses were closed from 12 noon to 3. Was that ever a tradition in Spokane? I don't know if it was closed, but but uh, as you know from last year, the at the noon mass at the cathedral, the Mother Church of the Diocese, we have uh, we don't have the noon you mass. Pr- you probably didn't have mass on Good no, Friday. No, we didn't. Yeah. You passed the test. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, it's so <clears throat> it's so nice to make a mistake in front of you guys because mm-hmm. you're so kind and very firm. <laughs> I have that one marked down. Right. Yes. Uh, no, the, we do the celebration of the Lord's Passion at 12 noon, uh, as has been our custom. And uh, we will, uh, what happens is that we get a, a significant number of people from the downtown business area. And around. We're, we're, uh, we're usually full on, on the, the, that noon service. Uh, the bishop uh, presides at it. And again, we do all the things that, that you do. Uh, it's not... Not as well, but you do. Well, mm-hmm. What about uh, the fast? Yeah, so um, when I was a, a young buck uh, priest, uh, I was assigned to St. Thomas More Parish on the north side, and 
my pastor was uh, Monsignor Steiner. And, uh, you mean you mean Monsignor John Steiner? Monsignor, well, actually, then he was he was just Father Jeff. John. He was little, just Father John. Little did I know that I was looking at the future <laughs> Monsignor, Monsignor John Steiner. Um, That's so, a shout out to Monsignor. Yeah, Steiner. God love you, Monsignor. Beautiful person. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's listening to this show. <laughs> um, so he he uh, emphasized uh, uh, the Paschal fast uh, over the over the the Triduum. So. Technically, the Paschal Fast would be uh, fasting after the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday, uh, throughout Good Friday, uh, and ending with uh, the following the, the Great Feast, uh, the Easter Vigil, on Saturday night. Um, that's a long time to engage in fasting, but my experience has been that it makes the uh, celebration of, of, of the Triduum that much more uh, meaningful. And I remember specifically one time a catechumen, we were having a practice. A catechumen is someone who is preparing for baptism at the Easter Vigil. And we were having a practice Saturday morning, and um, and uh, everyone was kind of commiserating about you know having an ache, achy stomach and being hungry. And this woman had tears in her eyes, and I said, you know, I don't oh, know, here we go. She's you know w- wanting to back out or whatever. I said, you know, what are the tears about? And she said, I just am so excited that in a few hours I get to receive the Eucharist. Uh, one of the things that fasting does for us uh, it creates a physical hunger, but also a spiritual hunger uh, to receive our Lord in the Eucharist. Did you can I throw in one little sure. thing on the fasting as well because that's really that's um, long fast is an ancient ancient custom going back um, well Irenaeus of Lyon in 200 mentioned it or he died in 200 but the original idea was that it was uh, first understood that approximately it was the same amount of time that Christ was in the tomb those 40 hours mm-hmm. or so is what they kind of figured but that's where originally uh, the church fasted on Fridays and Saturdays. And then, of course, it only became Fridays, and now actually we only have those Fridays of Lent that we do that. So, I mean, that's, that's you mentioned, Father Connell, the, um, the black fast, as the Irish called it, that long fast, and um, from that came a lot of the fasting traditions of the church. Which is a, an appropriate manner of deepening one's spirituality when it's placed in that context, unless it's seen as a health kick, which depending upon um, one's personality and one's lifestyle, we don't want to encourage uh, a type of fasting for the wrong motives. So we have to give it ground always in spirit. So in that fast, uh, but I know, uh, Father Conwin, you were rector of Bishop White. Uh, Some of the students, well-intentioned but perhaps misdirected, would take that seriously, and um, they were dropping because they were trying to outfast one another. Yeah, they were uh, skeletal. uh, I think that's the word. Skeletal. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful word. It is now. Mm -hmm. No, they they really, uh, you know, seminarians uh, sometimes, uh, if something's worth doing for them, oftentimes it's worth overdoing. And if if fasting on Fridays is good, uh, fasting... Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is even better in their minds. You know what? It just speaks to their zeal. It's 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 kind of nice in, in one sense that they're zealous, but also it needs to be tempered a little bit because, um, you know, the, per- the, the purpose is uh, for us not for us to hurt our health, but to deepen our, our relationship with the Lord. You know, when, um, so much, and we haven't had a chance, maybe we will in the next show when we're talking about Easter. These traditions go so far back, uh, that whole Good Friday, basically what we have, comes from the Church of Jerusalem, who originally, in the veneration of the cross, uh, the Empress Helena, when she found the cross, left a piece of it for them. 
So on uh, they would early in the morning venerate the cross. Then at noon or that noon hour, they would read the Passion of the Lord. So the very liturgy, and then they'd pray for the you know the prayers of the faithful. That very liturgy of Good Friday that we still celebrate today traces itself all the way back to the that mother church of Jerusalem. Hmm. All right. We thank you for listening to the bishop and the vicars, and uh, let us uh, bring all of our needs together as we pray together. Glory be to the Father, and, and to, to the, the Son, and, and to the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was, as was in the beginning, beginning is now, now, and ever shall, shall be, world without end. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.